0: the last couple of weeks we've been uh kind of talking about our our new name change and, and talking about our church's identity and what we're called to be and then last week we started talking about our church's mission and what we're called to do and we've said that we exist to help people find the father and experience the kingdom and look more like jesus every day and today we're going to focus on the, kind of that first line in the mission statement find the Father, Um, it's a, it's an interesting thing to think of God as your Father, I don't know how you feel, but like I look at God and he's completely good and he's completely holy and he's completely powerful and he, he knows everything, he's the creator of everything, he's the king of everything and I look at him and then I look in the mirror and just don't see a lot of family resemblance there you know it's like he's my he's my father but whether i see it or not and whether i feel it or not that's how god sees our relationship um look what first john 3 1 says see how very much our father loves us for he calls us his children and that's what we are Right out of that chapter that uh, Joy was just talking about. Romans 8:15 says, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. And just like an adoption, God chooses us as his children and when he does, we don't get his blood and we don't get his genes we get something much bigger than that we get something much better than that we get his spirit in us look at verse 16 for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are god's children so the proof of our adoption isn't a a court decree right it's god's spirit in us god is our father that is such an amazing that's such a huge thing right it's hard to overstate that it's 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 kind of hard to believe that. But that's what it says. And that's what Jesus said. Because if you remember when Jesus taught us to pray, he said we should address God as our Father in heaven. And throughout the New Testament, the most common way that Jesus talks about God, the most common way that Jesus addresses God, the most common way that God is portrayed in the New Testament is as a loving, perfect Father. Who provides for us and who protects us and who pursues us out of his unlimited love for us. He's, he's, a, he's a perfect father. And because he's our heavenly father, he's God. So his goodness and his power and his love are supernatural. And if you grew up with a great father, I think this image is, is powerful because you love the idea of being with your father. And even if you grew up without a father or without a good father, you still probably have this like hardwired like yearning, you know, to for a great father who would protect you and provide for you and love you perfectly. So whether it's your actual amazing father or an amazing imagined version of who your father should be, I think the need, the desire in us to be with an amazing, loving Father is kind of universal. And this idea of God as our Father is just powerful. So as part of the mission of our church is to help people make that connection, to help people find this amazing supernatural loving protector and provider and teacher and encourager, Father, God. And obviously that starts with the first connection, right? That starts with connecting to him for the first time and that's why evangelism and outreach are such key values for us because we don't just wanna find the Father for ourselves. We wanna help other people find the Father. And just like Jesus, we do that in two ways. Right, if you think about Jesus's ministry, a couple of ways he got people to find the Father. Some of that was he went where they were, and some of that was them coming to him, right? So we see Jesus, and he's preaching by the lake, and he's preaching on a mountain, and he's preaching on a road, and he's going where the people are. And then we also see Jesus teaching in the synagogues, and people were coming to him. And so that's what we wanna do too. We wanna go to the people, and then we also want to invite them here to find the Father. And a lot of how we go to the people is through some of our outreach programs. And we do a lot of our outreach by partnering with other ministries um, that are closer to the needs or who are maybe just really good at what they do. And I'll just tell you that most of our ministry partners that we choose are in a few specialized spaces like helping orphans and serving people that are struggling with poverty and people that are victimized by human trafficking. So most of the ministries that we partner with are involved in one of those three things, but all of the ministries that we partner with are helping people find the Father. In fact, today, you can find out a little bit more about one of our ministry partners, Shana Geni uh, Nuccio. Um, Their ministry is in Kenya, in Mombasa. They have a table out in the lobby today. You can stop and talk to them. In fact, they're gonna be hosting a lunch after church, so you can learn even more about what they're doing over there. But I'll just tell you that they're involved in lots of things in Mombasa, they're working with street kids, they're empowering really underserved people, they're teaching life skills and providing dignified work and, and, and fair wages and real community. They, they do a lot, but the ultimate goal is that the people they serve would find the Father. That's us going where the people are. And I'll tell you about another one real quick that I'm just really excited about. Um, a ministry partner that we've been with for a few years, Mission India. So according to uh, the Joshua Project, there are 2,300 people groups in India. So if you can think of like ethnicities and little pockets of people, right? There are 2,300 people groups in India. 2,100 of them are unreached by the gospel. Do the math, right? So these people haven't rejected Jesus. They've never heard of Jesus. 90%, 90% have never even heard the name of Jesus, and that's just not acceptable to us. And so since 2015, this church has invested about a quarter million dollars in this ministry that focuses on kids' Bible clubs, adult literacy classes, and planting churches in India. And God has done some pretty amazing things through our partnership with Mission India. So I just got my report card from them where they give us like a little report every so often. So I'll just give you a quick update here. Um, This is through our church's support. They work with other churches as well, but through our church's support, they've established 150 adult literacy classes. So it's pretty hard to get on top of poverty when you can't read or count right? So they do these adult literacy classes and they teach people to read. And can you guess what they use as a primer? It's the Bible, right? It's a bait and switch, baby. We're at, it's awesome, right? So um, they've also um, done about 150 of these kids Bible clubs, which are sort of like vacation Bible school, like on steroids. So if you can imagine when you send your kid to vacation Bible school, your kid's already heard of Jesus. Your kid's already seen a Bible. This is the first time these kids have ever seen that. It's the first time they've ever even heard of that. Also, they may get baths while they're there or food while they're there. So we don't do that in our VBS, but it's sort of like a vacation Bible school for kids. So imagine like the power of this thing of a a, a mom who's learning to read in an adult literacy class, and she's reading about this guy Jesus, right? And here comes her kid home, and he's clean, and he's eaten, right? And he, he's got a yo-yo or whatever, and it was all done in the name of this guy, Jesus. You see how that works kind of together? It's a pretty cool program. Um, also, we've planted through this church's support 146 churches in India. 146. Yeah, give So literally, literally, tens of thousands of people have heard of Jesus for the first time through these churches that this little church has planted over there. And here's a good number, 4,710 people. 4,710 people have become Christians. Almost 5,000 people. Yeah, you can clap. Almost 5,000 people have found the Father and just, by the way, like last week we took advantage, there was a, a big um, foundation that was offering a matching gift, you know how they do that? So we did that, uh, and we sent them another check this last week, and that's gonna launch 15 new church planters, and so our expectation is over the next couple of years, those church planters will start about 30 churches, and that means that in a couple of years, this little church in Comel County will have about 200 churches on the ground in India. It's cool, yeah. yeah. So that's how we go there, right? We're trying to help people find the Father, so that's how we go there. But Jesus also taught in synagogues where people came to him, right? And so we also want to help people find the Father here in our church, and that's why we encourage you to please invite your friends to church and not, like, not stealing people from other churches. If you, if, you have, if you have a friend at another church and they're serving there and growing there and learning there, please don't invite them to church here. It's not, a, it's not a competition, you know, and if they want to go to an inferior church, I say God bless them. <laughs> but, but, it, but, but if you have a friend that doesn't go to church, and especially if you have a friend that has never found the Father at all, And that's who we wanna invite to church because our mission isn't that we would convert a bunch of Methodists to home church, right? Our mission is to help people find the Father. And that's why we work so hard to have a church where unchurched people are comfortable. Um, You may have wondered like, why we do the music that we do or why we use the version of the Bible that we do, or why we dress the way we do, or why we talk the way we do, or eat the way we do, or why we don't have stained glass, or a pipe organ, or lots of candles, and those, those things are comfortable, you know, for church people, but we want unchurched people to feel comfortable here, and we hope that while they're here, the Holy Spirit will draw them, and they'll listen, and they will find the Father here. And that's also why we do some of our events. That's why we do so many parties and picnics and trunk or treat and kids' corner and our big Easter thing at Ranger Stadium. We call it side door evangelism because you might be surprised to know this, but a lot of people see Christians as a bunch of self-righteous, stuck-up hypocrites. That came out pretty easy, huh? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says. Um, But that's the way a lot of people see us, like we're religious snobs or something like that. And I think if, if if we can just bring them here, you know, for whatever, for great childcare, or for fun events, or for food, or for candy, or for whatever, and just show them the love of Jesus and the amazing life that he gives us, I think once they've met us, and once they've eaten with us, and once they've experienced the love of Jesus through us, maybe they'll stick around for the message. And, and, and maybe we can pray that the Holy Spirit will draw them to find the Father here. And I'll just say that if you're here and you've never found the Father, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And you can fix that before you leave this building today. In fact, you could go back to the prayer corner back there and I bet somebody would help you find the Father right now. If you wanna wait 30 minutes, find me. I'll be, I'll be wearing a black shirt. I'll be walking around in the lobby and just shooting the breeze with people. Man, I would love nothing more than for you to interrupt me and say, hey, Larry, I really wanna find the Father. How does that work? I'm telling you, in 10 minutes, in 10 minutes, you can begin a completely new life. So don't leave here today if you haven't found the Father. There's nothing, there's nothing more important than finding the Father, but it's not supposed to be a one-time experience. Right. Finding the father is not supposed to be that, you know, I found the father at youth camp 45 years ago and I really haven't talked to him since. Right. No, we want to find the father every day, every day. And he's not he's not he's not hard to find man. he's not it's like he's hiding from us or something. It's so we can we can literally reconnect with him. Any time we want and I was just thinking about this the other day I was thinking about this message and everything and uh, Margaret my wife Margaret and I were walking I don't even remember where we were but there's a lot of people around and so we're walking we you know we've been married 44 years right so we've been around each other a little bit and so we're walking and so here's what I did i was just walking alongside her I'm looking at the stuff and we're talking things are happening whatever and it went like this you know what I'm doing my hand is finding her hand is a reconnection. You know, it wasn't hard. You know how many times I've done that? <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of times, right? It's not a hard connection, but it's a really important connection. And it occurred to me that day, oh no, we're those people that people look at and say, oh, how cute, old people <laughs> holding hands. It's the worst. It's not a hard connection but it's important to make that connection and not just make it once, right? Not just make it once. We didn't just make it at the wedding. We make it it every day. And Jeremiah Jeremiah 29, 13 teaches us this really important, I think transcendent truth that no matter how dark it is and no matter how hard it is and no matter how scary it is, God says he will be found by us. He will be found, he wants, It's it's his will. He wants, he wants to be found by us. He wants us to reconnect to him. And if we, if we search for him, if we, if we reach for him, this is the promise, man, we'll find him. He's not, he's not hard to find, he's everywhere. God's everywhere. Ephesians 4, 6 says, God is God and Father of all, over all, in all, living through all. God's everywhere. So it, it's not so much like we're looking for him when we find him as we're becoming more um, aware of him as we're finding him. And I had another great illustration of this this week. So this was last week. Again, thinking about this message and I think, you know, God's everywhere. But are we aware, you know, are we aware of his presence? And so I was praying in the morning. and I, This is one of my little connection points. I thought, you know, I, I'm going to go for a little walk. And I'm going to pray. So I'm walking through the neighborhood and it's all beautiful and whatever, but it was a super foggy day a couple of weeks ago. Maybe you remember, super foggy, just dense, dense, dense fog. And so here's what I thought. Um, you don't really see air, right? But it's there. It's everywhere. There's nothing that's not touched by air, but I'm not really aware. I don't think about air, but that day it was foggy And I could could see the air you know I could see that fog touching everything and I thought that's how God is you know he's he's everywhere just are we going to see him are we going to perceive him are we going to be able to to sense his presence and then listen the sun came right and now all of that fog is like illuminated and it was this amazing thing and I thought I have got to take a picture of this so I can show you guys I'm not a very good photographer but um, Matt do you have that picture yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm not I'm I'm not a good photographer. Okay, but let me tell you. It was beautiful. Because the air was touching everything, but it had already been touching everything. But like in that beautiful moment, I could I could sense it. You know, I could appreciate it. I could I could perceive it. So finding the father every day is not so much about like he's lost and we're looking for him. It's more about like being open to him and, and being aware of him. So we can do that lots of different ways, right? We can we can we can find him. We can reconnect to him through prayer or through worship or through singing or through um, serving or through suffering or through sacrifice. And we, we can find him um, in creation, in nature or in other people. Um, we can find him in just like, quietly listening for his voice or, or opening our eyes to the beauty and, and creativity all around us. Um, we can find him in corporate worship. We can find him in, in solitude and silence. Um, we can find him in our blessings. That verse in James tells us, in James 1.17, it tells us that every good thing we have is a gift from our Father. So every time we see a good thing, every time a good thing happens to us, every time anything good happens in our lives, that's a chance for us to find the Father just by giving thanks to Him. The key is, however we connect, we don't just connect once. Or, you know, once a year. Or once a week. We find the Father every day. So we're gonna look really quickly at three... um, I don't know, I'll call them touch points, um, wave peaks. So remember last week I said we want to find the father, but we don't want to just find the father at Easter. Find the father at Easter. Find the father at Christmas. Find the father at Easter. We don't want to just find the father on Sunday. Find the father again on Sunday. Find the father again on Sunday, right? We want like a little kid drawing waves on the ocean, right? We want the little, we want to, we want to, We want to find the Father every day. We want lots of touch points with the Father. And so I'm just going to give you um, three today that I think are pretty cool. Um, One is purpose. Your purpose. You can can find the Father. You can reconnect to God through your purpose. And it's, it's an amazing thing to think, but God wants you to be his partner in bringing his kingdom here. You know, the Bible is really one long, interconnected story that leads us to Jesus and it starts in Genesis and ends in Revelation. And right now we are somewhere in the middle, I kinda think maybe towards the end, right? But the point is that this story is still unfolding. And here's the thing, in this amazing eternal story, like every story, there are characters. Right? Adam, Abraham, Esther, Ezekiel, Peter, Paul, Mary, um, Zacchaeus, and and you. And and you. You're you're a character. You're you're part of this story. He's he's including you in this story. And and you have a part to play. You have, just like Moses, just like Noah, just like Mary, you have a purpose in this story we all do we were created on purpose for purpose i'm going to show you a verse it's ephesians 2 10. and i want to tell you what it does not say for we are god's masterpiece he created us new in christ jesus so we can go to church on sunday mornings and not go to hell when we die (laughs) what is that that's not why that's not the purpose right? Look what it says. We're God's masterpiece. He's created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He, you have a purpose in God's plan. Now let me ask you a question. Does God need us? <laughs> it's, it's comical to think about. That's like so ridiculous. But I, I think he just knows that like us working with him and, and partnering With him and being part of what he's doing is just a great connection point right it's just a great way for us to find the father every day um uh, you guys know my son mike um when mike was about four or five years old we bought our first house and we were kids man i was 23 or something like that when we bought this house and um i don't really care about the house i bought the house for the yard I didn't care. I mean, a good house, I guess. I don't, had a roof, as I recall. I don't know. I was after that yard, right? Because it had this great yard for kids to play in and all that stuff and we were so excited about that. I love that yard. And man, I fertilized and I watered and I picked every weed, right? And I'm telling you, every week I was out there mowing and edging and trimming and, you know, tidying up the bushes and all just, just crazy, crazy meticulous work. And Mike would help me as I did that work. And he had his own lawnmower. They made bubbles when he pushed it. You've seen those? And I would let him rake, and he would sweep off the sidewalk and all that stuff. And if I'm honest, he's four years old. He wasn't that much help. You know? And looking back, I, I probably could have done it without him. But I didn't want to do it without him. I wanted to do it with him. I wanted us to do it together. Right? I wanted I wanted us to connect by being like partners in this thing. And then when we got done and we were all hot and sweaty, we would, you know, stand on the porch and, you know, eat a popsicle cuz we weren't that big on nutrition in those days. And you know, we would drink a root beer, you know, or whatever, and we would look out at this amazing thing that we had done together. And I don't know if he even remembers that. But I can tell you from me. I felt so proud of him. You know, I felt so close to him. I felt so connected to him. And I'm not sure why God chooses to partner with us in his plan to redeem the world, but I don't think it's because he needs the help. I think maybe it's because he likes to feel proud of us, to feel close to us, to feel connected to us. So if you want an di- awesome daily connection point, if you really want to find the Father every day, He's, he's, not, hard to, he's not hard to find. And you can, you can experience Him, you can touch Him, you can connect to Him, you can find the Father every day, every time you do ministry, every time you volunteer at church, every time you share Jesus with somebody, every time you let people see His love in your life, That's your mission, that's your purpose. And that's a really cool way to find the Father every day. Then another great way to like rediscover Him and, and like reach Him and reconnect to Him and find the Father every day is when you experience His power. And you might experience His power as you fulfill your purpose. Right, because you may feel like, I don't know, man, God, God's calling me to serve, God's calling me to minister, God's calling me to give, God's calling me to go, God's calling me to, to, to start something or do something or tell a friend about Jesus, and I'm kinda feeling like I'm a little unqualified for that. Um, can I tell you something about that? The best ministry, the most effective ministry, the most important ministry The only ministry that you're ever gonna do that matters eternally is the ministry that you do when you get past your capabilities, when you get outside your own abilities, when you get above what you can do and you start relying completely on His power instead of yours. Because you know, the Spirit of God doesn't live in a tent or a temple or a box or a building, he lives in us. And there is amazing power in that. Look what Jesus said to his disciples. This is Acts 1.8. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me in Jerusalem, that's like a small town, and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And they did. And, and God's spirit in them empowered them to change the world from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to Comel County. And they weren't super talented. They weren't super smart. They weren't super educated. They weren't super spiritual. But they had supernatural power because they had the spirit of God living in them. Um, How many of you are believers? Just real quick. Okay, so that same spirit That same power lives in you. To empower you to do amazing, impossible things just like those disciples did amazing, impossible things. In fact, Jesus was out, he was like teaching with authority and he's like healing people and blind people are seeing and he's raising the dead and all that stuff. And in John 14, he said, because of his resurrection, because he would go to the father and send the spirit to live inside of us. Look what he says, this is John 14, 12. He said that those of us who believe in Jesus will do even greater miracles than what he did. So we experience his power when we, through his spirit in us, are empowered to execute our mission, right? To serve each other and to love each other. And then sometimes I think we can also experience his power in healings and in miracles, in our bodies, in our relationships, in our circumstances. Um, I was going to tell you like a great story that I've seen a miracle or something like that, but I'll do something else. Um, Let me just ask you, if you've ever seen or experienced firsthand a miracle, a healing, any kind of miracle, would you just raise your hand real quick? Okay, hold them up. Now, look around, right? I mean, I think... I, th- I think God is not less able to do miracles now than he was with Moses or David or Paul. I and mean, we talked about this before, miracles like by definition are rare, right? Miracles by definition are rare and following Jesus is not just you know, waking up healthy and wealthy and happy every day, he never, he never promised that it would be easy. In fact, it is the opposite. In John sixteen thirty three, Jesus said in this life, we would have trouble. I don't know, in our, in our health, in our relationships, in our culture, in our families. And I think sometimes we experience his power when he supernaturally takes us out of that trouble, through a miracle, through a deliverance, through a healing. Sometimes we experience his power when he takes us out of trouble. And sometimes we experience his power when he supernaturally empowers us to go through our trouble. And sometimes we experience his power when he even uses our trouble to grow us, and teach us, and help other people. There's, there's, there's lots of ways that we can reconnect to the Father, we can find the Father in his power every day, because every time you experience him empowering you to serve the kingdom. Every time you experience his power through a healing or through a miracle, every time you, every time he empowers you to do an impossible thing, every time he uses something awful to accomplish something awesome, every time you reach out to him in weakness and he responds in power, every one of those times, every day, you can reconnect, you can reengage, you can grab his hand. You can you can find the Father in His power. And one of the sweetest ways to find the Father every day is experience His presence, just being with Him. And again, you know, God's always with you, right? He's always with you. This is really more about you being um, aware, aware of His presence, and, and He's there but seeing him. He's speaking, but hearing him, you know, feeling him, sensing him. One of the best ways you can find the father every day is to be in his presence and be aware of his presence. Um, I can tell you, I lost my dad years and years ago. And I can tell you right now, I would give anything, anything to be with him for a day an hour right to just just be where he is i don't don't care just sit at the table drink coffee right talk not talk i don't care i would give anything i just i miss him i miss being in his presence and revelation 21 tells us that someday we'll be in the presence of god it says god will be fully really truly, completely with his people. Someday we will be in the presence of God all the time and that'll be, you know, amazing. But do you know that we can actually experience the Father's presence here? We can actually experience his presence now. And we can be with him now. And I think, again, it's a surprising thing. It's like, that's what he wants too. That's what he wants, too, is to be with us. And I think the reason he uses this, like, analogy or this, this metaphor of, of the father thing is because it's something we can kind of sort of relate to. Um, I'm thinking a lot about it in these messages. I'm thinking a lot about, like, when my kids were little. I remember when my kids were babies. And sometimes at night, I would, like, read them a story, right? And I, we had a rocking chair by their bed, right? And so I'd read them a story, and I'd say a little prayer, I would rock them, I would sing to them, and I would pet them. Is that wrong? Like, remember that? Remember petting your kids, right? And when you first hold them, man, they're fighting it, right? They're nervous. They, uh, 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 anything but so Anything but calming down, anything but calming down, anything but calming down. But after a while of just that singing to them and that rocking them, petting them and after a while the weirdest thing starts happening huh like your breath gets synchronized or something and instead of that (laughs) that craziness that they were feeling before now they're just breathing slowly and now they can just rest and I'll tell you that I usually rocked and sang and patted a long time after they were asleep because the truth is, as mostly for me. Because I like to experience their presence, you know? I like to feel them against me. I like to feel their little heart beating. I like to hear them breathing and sucking that stupid pacifier. <laughs> I, I, I just, I felt like I was in, I was, we were with each other, you know? and the promises that I made those kids while they were asleep. Man, I love you so much. Oh, I'm gonna take such good care of you. I'm gonna protect you from everything. I am always gonna be with you. I'm not even gonna die. Cause I am always gonna be right there with you. I'm gonna be the perfect dad. And luckily they got nothing in writing so they can't sue me for <laughs> breach of contract or something. Cause I haven't always probably been the perfect father But your father in heaven is a perfect father. And he wants wants you to experience his presence like that. And so I want you to look at a a verse with me. It's in Zephaniah 3 and see what it says about his presence with you. This is Zephaniah 3.17. It says, the Lord your God is living among you. He's... He's present he's, he's with us. He's a mighty savior. He's gonna, he's gonna take care of you. He's gonna protect you. He will take delight in you with gladness. This is so cool. You give him joy. How's that? You make God happy. He, he likes you. It says, with his love, he will calm your fears. Just like that thing, right? And when you're frantic, <laughs> he'll calm you with his love. And he will rejoice over you. Think about that. God is rejoicing. He's, like I was with my kids. He's proud of you. God your father he's proud of you he's probably got like a hundred pictures of you on his fridge and he's proud of you this says he will rejoice over you with joyful songs i mean can you perceive that god your father singing a lullaby over you to calm you, to give you peace, to give you rest. Who's up for something weird? I am. Okay. So I'm gonna ask Joy and Sarah, I think they're probably back there, to come and we're gonna gonna do something weird here. Um, I want you to try to get this picture of just like me with my baby, right? Of God singing over you. And I don't know how frustrated you are right now. I don't know how tired you are right now. I don't know how scared you are right now. I don't know how um, overwhelmed you might feel right now. I don't know how restless you might feel right now. But we're going to sing this song, and don't even stand up. Don't even sing. If, if you will, just like close your eyes and imagine you're in His arms. Experience His presence. This is the song. This is the song he's singing over you. It's an amazing thing to experience the Father. Right? It's an amazing thing to find the Father the first time. And if you haven't done that, talk to me. Let's, let's fix that. Find him today. And if you've already found him, I just want to encourage you in this. He, he wants you to find him every day through his purpose and through his power and through his presence. Let's pray. Father, Father, let us never take that for granted. Help us to see your love for us. Help us to rest in your presence. Lord, help us to find you every day in your purpose and in your power just being with you, God, we want to find you every day. So show us how. Let us, let us become more aware that you're here. Let us be more aware of your presence and your power and your purpose in our life. Jesus, I pray that you will help us every day. Find the Father in your name.